Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Katie Smith and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. All right. Yeah, wise guy. Yeah, wise All guy. Right. A little, little fun on Wednesday I afternoon. We have no Wednesday. podcast without you, Mac. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Sweet. All right. And whatever. This, and this is our season finale, okay? okay. We saved yeah. you for the finale. Woohoo! So. All right. Here we go. Coming in three, two, one. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. Uh, John Morris, Katie Smith, and he's going to wrap up our podcast. We'll take a little hibernation time mm. over the summer. Summer, see what I did there? That was yeah, cute. yeah. And uh, but no better way to finish up our uh, school year than to have the big man in the big office, Mac Rhodes, Baylor's AD, is our guest today. Yeah, and Mac, we've been promising this for one week, two weeks. <laughs> we oh, we is this going to be a letdown? No, no, no. We were, we were starting to kind of dread the podcast hate mail if you didn't show up. Yeah, we had to get you, you at some here, point. So thank you so if much we, for joining us. If we had to go with you on vacation, we were going to get you. <laughs> Amy would, would love that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Take work hey, with you. Hey, hon, we've got two more coming with us. Oh, Which begs the first question, do you get a vacation? Can you get away or, or how and what do you do to get away this time of year? Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're blessed to have a place in the, uh, in the mountains of New Mexico at about 8,200 feet. So uh, we're certainly going to try to get away for, uh, for a week or two. And, you know, hopefully maybe, you know, one of the, one of the weeks I can, you know, completely unplug, uh, which is, it's hard to do, but, mm. um, but. It's you know it's necessary. Um, all of our staff needs to needs to unplug and get away, and then maybe the other week I'll I'll be connected, but but not like I would be if I were in the office. So that's what we'll try to do, and and uh, you know stay stay busy, stay active. Uh, we love we love the outdoors. We love we love nature, and and uh, so it's a pretty cool place to be able to nice. to escape the. Uh, the warmth of uh, of <laughs> yeah, Central Texas. Fair. You mentioned how you kind of hope that the staff gets time away too. You're always so good about that, like challenging people to do that during kind of June, July. How do you kind of give that message to people when recruiting's kind of still picking up? There's a lot going on getting ready for fall. Yeah, it's it's hard. You know, um, there is there is no off season anymore in in college athletics and. Um, I'm not sure that's that's a great thing mm-hmm. when we we think about you know our student athletes and we think about our our coaching staffs and our administrative staffs and so it's it's really really hard and so um, you just we we have to be really really intentional we have to make sure that our people are really really intentional and pick and choose sometimes where they can completely get away. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's it's imperative it's imperative to to be able to, to go away, not have to pick up your phone, not have to answer emails, text messages, 
you know, phone calls um, and just refresh, refresh spiritually, refresh emotionally, physically, and just stay away. And, um, and if you don't, um, it, I, I think it has repercussions later on in, in, in the year. And, you know, these are long seasons, long years. Um, it seems like every, ever since we, we entered into COVID, it's, you know, yeah. been this, this long, you know, two to three year, uh, slog and, um, yeah, our people need, need time away and, uh, we want to make sure that that happens. Would you say in all your time in athletic administration, this is the busiest, I mean, the most plates you're spinning in the air at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. Seems like it. Yeah, it, it really is. And, um. You know, it's it's the most chaotic time that uh, that I've experienced in intercollegiate athletics, and uh, it's just a combination of all things, right? It's a combination of, you know, some of the the deregulation, the things that are happening in in uh, in college sports. It's um, you know, name, image, and likeness. It's the you know, conference membership uncertainty, where all of that lands. Uh, it's just a lot, and uh, again, you know, we just got back from big 12 meetings and we're talking about, you know, summer activities and, uh, like how much more <laughs> are we going to, are we going to pour on when right. you think yeah. about again, our, our student athletes and when do they get, get time yeah. to, to get away and refresh. And then, you know, every time you have, you know, an activity that surrounds or, you know, uh, involves student athletes, it's not just coaching staff, it's all of the other staffs. It's, yeah health and wellness and it's our creative services team and so all of those people are pulled in and you know at some point in time enough's enough mm -hmm. and uh people need need some rest and they need some peace of mind and uh they just need to be be quiet and and get away and be away and um you know i probably didn't completely understand that till maybe you know three or four years ago because i was one that you know hey i didn't need a break and just going to keep going keep going keep going but mm -hmm. you know at some point in time there's a diminishing return and yeah. uh so just making sure that uh we we take time to refresh and you know um we need to we need to be part of our families right we need to we need to be, you know, moms and dads and, and you know, and, and uh, husbands and wives and, and uh, you know, grandparents. And, and uh, that's, man, that's really, really important, really critical. And I, I particularly think in the world that we live in today, it's, it's even, you know, most important. And so we've got to find time to be able to do that. Yeah, you talk about all these things changing, all these things kind of piling up. Talk a little bit about name, image, and likeness, right? The the hot question everyone's asking about. But what's kind of our philosophy here at Baylor and kind of tying to what you're just sharing about trying to kind of control all of this? How, how do we approach it? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, you know, candidly right now, it's all-consuming. Mm. It, it, it really is. And, and you know, let me let me step back. You know, it's all consuming for myself and, and some other uh, administrators. And then it's all consuming for some of our sports. Not not all of them. Not not yet, at least. And uh, so, you know, I, I would think in general, the concept right of name, image and likeness and the opportunity for our student athletes to, to earn money off of their name, image and likeness and for them to really value, you know, their name, their image, their likeness, and how do you grow that? How do you protect it? You know, 
that is all really, really positive. And, um, and I think as we were approaching, you know, July 1, 2021 and naming a likeness, that's where our mindset was. That's, that's how we were thinking about it. You know, certainly Baylor, we were going to make sure that, you know, everything we did in this space aligned with our Christian values. And, you know, we were, we were really, you know, thoughtful and careful. How are we going to do that? You know, we wanted to make sure that we were really good on the front end with our student athletes, meaning the education piece, but also on the back end, you know, the financial literacy and, you know, taxes and, you know, all of those things. And so just trying to be really, really responsible. And unfortunately, uh, and, you know, this, this could be a podcast in itself. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some of those guardrails, those parameters that, you know, many of us worked, you know, hours and hours um, before were, were not implemented. Mm-hmm. And uh, they weren't implemented for a lot of different reasons, including, you know, this, this idea of violation of any antitrust law. And so it became the wild, wild west. And now it's, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. And, um, you know, how we're doing it, um, meaning the industry, uh, I don't think if you talk to any athletic director, any head coach, right, that this is what it was intended to be mm. and, uh, and how we're doing it. And so how do we Baylor navigate that knowing that it is a reality. And if, if we want competitive programs, you know, one of our pillars, athletic success, if we want competitive programs, we're going to have to, we're going to have to play in it. You know, we're going to have to be relevant in the name, image, and likeness game. And so we're trying to do that. We're trying to do that and navigate that. And, again, I use the word alignment, um, aligned with our Christian values. Uh, I can promise, you know, the the Baylor Athletics family, we will not compromise that at all. Uh, We're not trying to be like everyone. Uh, If we, you know, are are in the position or, or have the mindset, Right, that we're going to try to match dollar for dollar with our competitors. That's not who we are, and that's not how we've been successful. And I think if we try to do that, the more that we become similar to them, I, I think the more disadvantage, uh, uh, you know, uh, disadvantaged we we are. And so, you know, how do we? Yes, we have to be in the game, but you know, there is still great value for coming to Baylor University, the education, the Christian mission, right? Um, those count for something. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, Baylor's not for, for everybody. And, uh, and you know, we need to know and, and, and understand that and um, stay true to who we are, um, not compromise that, because I think the minute and the moment we do, um, we're going we're gonna to be lost. What would be your message to uh, people who are listening to the Baylor family? Um, if they want to help, uh, what's the best way to help in the NIL spot? Yeah, you know, we were we were uh, blessed. And, again, I think this was part of, you know, trying to be thoughtful and how do we do this. And we, when you, when you thought about collectives, right, these outside, you know, organizations or groups, right, that, you know, are – are raising money um, on behalf of, of name, image, and likeness, and and really, you know, um, orchestrating cutting deals, you know, with with student athletes. That was a space we didn't want to be first in. We wanted to see how it 
played out and be and be really thoughtful. And so, you know, we were able to, to team up with Startup Waco and, and GXG and, you know, Startup Waco here in uh, obviously the Waco community and working with the local business community and, you know, really thought it was a, a great match and pairing and John Passavant leads you know uh startup waco and and uh, and gxg and they've been wonderful wonderful partners so um you know how how can our baylor family help uh by contacting gxg and uh certainly all of that is accessible through our our website etc but uh being able to contact them and do it through them you know we the institution cannot provide any university funds for name image and likeness uh so we can't do that early on uh, in name, image, and likeness. So probably for the first, you know, year and a half, we in athletics or the institution couldn't even assist and and really have conversation about it. Now that has changed. We can now assist and sit down with uh, with you know our our uh, BU family and and talk about hey, uh, would you would you consider you know giving to to GXG Exchange, uh, etc. So that's. That's the best way. Good. Very good. Yeah, that's a great point. You mentioned earlier how Baylor is so blessed that people are giving to GXG and through name image and like this. And we can look out this window and just see all of the construction going on around us and, and things really making progress. So give us a little update, a high level update, if you can, on Foster Pavilion Fudge Operations Center, what we can see coming. Yeah, um, Foster Pavilion. Wow, you know I've been in it since they they started construction. I've now been in it twice and. Uh, Every every time, you know, both times, you know, super super excited, and uh, you know, you walk into the the arena portion of it, the seating bowl, and you just you're wow mm-hmm. because, you know, the the, the seven thousand plus seats are right there on yeah. top of the on top of the court, and uh, you know, again, one of the, the 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 driving forces behind you know the foster pavilion was to create an environment a home court advantage that was going to be really really difficult for for opponents to come in and play and i think you know when it's all said and done we'll we'll achieve that and you know we go back to hey there's been some surveys as recent within the last five years about most difficult places to play mm. in the big 12 and, and baylor was always ranked ninth for both men's and women's basketball and so you know i think this will really you know serve our our programs well serve our, our staff certainly our our student athletes and i think it's going to be a great uh place for community with our with our fans and then certainly the portion the development center portion um you know will be um really really important i think for for both programs and the setting to put it right there right there on uh, on the brazos mm-hmm. nobody can replicate that in in the country and so let's let's take advantage of that and it's been a a great working relationship with the with the city and uh you know we'll play you know our first game there uh the first week of uh january of 2024 and right now it's on schedule and just uh excited it's a it's a great project and obviously you know couldn't couldn't have done it without paul and and uh, alejandra foster and you know we just recently next uh announced texas farm bureau insurance championship partner uh and uh partnership and and their support and so many other donors i mean just um and the, the the BU athletics family again, Katie. You use the word blessed. We are blessed, right? That um, 
man, we we couldn't do it without without any of them. And uh, again, the the Fudge Football Center, you know, obviously Jeremy and Christy uh, Fudge and and their family, and you know, that's um, again on uh, on time and. Uh, on budget, both both <laughs> projects, which is probably yeah. probably the most most important. But uh, we'll look forward to, to opening up that building sometime, you know, spring summer of twenty four. So uh, both underway and both uh, will be, you know, a huge lift for this department. And the thing that gets lost with the fudge is that, you know, that allows you know football to move out of the Simpson Center, and then we have all of this you know, square footage real estate to really put forward to serve all 525 yeah. student-athletes. When we think about, you know, our Student-Athlete Center for Excellence, so academics, character formation, uh, spiritual formation, right, we can really turn this into a, a, a place where we can service all of our student-athletes, all 525 at a really, really high level. And so, we're going to be able, I think we do some really, really good things in those areas, and, and they've got great leadership. But, man, we're even going to be able to take it now to a next level by being able to, to have some, some additional space and, and, uh, and programming areas for, our, for, our, uh, for all of our student-athletes. And likewise, when basketball moves out of the Farrell Center, that opens up some space yeah, there. Absolutely. And so, you know, we've had acrobatics and tumbling, which, you know, we'll probably talk about. How, how can you not talk about acrobatics and tumbling yeah. in eight straight national championships? But, you know, they've they've been over at Mars McLean, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Kind of disconnected from, from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's been a, you know, a, a great facility for them, but it's old, right? And so now they get to move into the Farrell Center and, uh, and, and have a dedicated place and space that will really accommodate the program and then volleyball same thing for volleyball and um you know so not having to share that just those two and and uh, that being the dedicated home for those programs i think is uh it's going to be great for uh, for uh, both uh ryan and fee and and uh and those student athletes yeah that is such a good point. Just people celebrate the new football, people celebrate the new basketball, and it's really impacting so many sports primary facilities, which is really exciting. Yeah, you think about just scheduling issues, you yeah. know, when you think about the weight room and the training room here in, in Simpson, and you think about just football, and they, you know, lift in groups of 20, you know, hour at a time. Well, that's six hours, and then yeah. everybody else is trying to work at it. And so we've got, you know, sport programs you know, working out at 5 a.m. We've got some at 7 p.m. And so just, you know, lifting that pressure, decreasing mm-hmm. that pressure. And now, you know, this really becomes a, 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 a center, a facility that's that's really more accommodating for, for all of our student-athletes. Yeah. This may not be a fair question, but you can handle it. <laughs> um, two huge projects, building projects going on now, but I know you're always, you have to be forward-thinking also Anything on the drawing board, on near horizon, other other facilities that you can talk about? Yeah, so you know, I, I think you know, you you always have to be be looking forward, and you know, you you think about some of the athletic programs that that have had, you know, uh, historically um, have had success, and then all of a sudden, you know. Um, you know, for whatever reason, they, they just, they stopped having some success. And, you know, most of the time, if you look back, it's a lot of it is they, they stopped investing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think, you know, for us, 
facilities is just one way to to invest. There's certainly other ways, and 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 uh, you you have to in in those other areas as well. But facilities is is certainly an area that we always got to be be thinking about. And um, and so you know uh, we've mentioned obviously the Simpson Center, we mentioned Farrell Center, but um, you know thinking about we're going to have to do some things with uh, the Herd Tennis Center, and so. You know, thinking about that, um, uh, we're going to have to do some things with with uh, the baseball stadium and and with softball and uh, and uh, you know we've we've done some things with soccer. We're going to get ready to do, you know, over at the uh, Clyde Hart you know, track and field, redo the the entire surface there. So we're always going to be thinking about you know what other projects we're we're going to have to build a a brand new control room that. That doesn't mean a lot for maybe, you know, uh, all of our fans. But when we think about yeah. technology and where we're headed and our new TV contracts with ESPN and, and Fox, and specifically ESPN because of ESPN Plus, and for us to be able to broadcast or produce, I should say, you know, um, events for ESPN, that's a critical comp- component that we're going to have to – you know that's that's not a inexpensive project that yeah. um, that we're going to have to tackle here within the next you know uh, 24 months, and we're also going to put a studio in there, so give us some flexibility to do some really neat things creatively. So there's a there's a lot happening, there's a lot to do, and uh, you know we're always gonna we're always gonna push uh, push the envelope and uh, continue to try to try to evolve and uh, continue to move forward. Mac Rhodes, our guest on the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. I've had the privilege of calling games, telling stories about Baylor athletics for a long time. Storytelling is an art, and there's a network in town doing just that. Rogue Media Network has produced over 80 original podcasts and shows, ranging from comedy, true crime, business, and sports. If there's a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. You can find this podcast and all the other great Rogue Media Network shows on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Mac Jamo kicked us off with an unfair question. Can so. I just clap though? Like that's perfection. I like mean, I could never, I, I could never read that without stuttering. <laughs> it's so it was, yeah, yeah it was, was just recorded, and I just plug yeah, it in there. That's no, all it that was <laughs> this guy's a professional, folks. <laughs> that was on take one. Uh, I want, I want yeah, everybody to know that. That's it's good. Always only take one. But as <laughs> we were saying, so he's asking unfair questions. So I feel like I get to as well, right? <laughs> Go for it. But talk to me about this. We just talked through all these things that are forward-looking of where Baylor wants to invest in capital projects, things that are already started, things that we're looking towards. And then we talked about these demands of name, image, and likeness. How do you kind of balance <laughs> asking yeah. for all of these different things? And, and I don't know that there's an answer, but I'm curious on your take. Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, we've put a lot of pressure on our donors and in the BU family, we've put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, so it is a lot. And, uh, you know, when you you talk about the name, image, and likeness space. That was probably one of the hardest, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things for us to overcome is is that we're competing with ourselves, right? Yeah. We're probably one of just uh, a slight few in the country that while, you know, name, image, and likeness, you know, we're embarking upon that, we're also in the midst of, you know, two significant capital projects mm-hmm. and raising money for it. And, um, you know, we had this conversation the other day, if we had to do it all over again, 
and if they were both, you know, maybe more closely aligned, meaning name, image, likeness, and, and capital projects, would we have chosen to to maybe mm-hmm. forego mm-hmm. capital projects and just really focus on name, image, and likeness? And, you know, as we thought about it, or as I think about it, you know, um, I don't know that we would have made a, a different decision because I think these capital projects, the the Foster Pavilion and the Fudge Football Development Center, they're going to serve us yeah. well into the future. Um, you know, 10-plus years uh, really keep us on the cutting edge when we think about facilities and serving our student athletes and and uh in our and our programs and our and our fans and so um i think that's a that's an investment that's going to last for a long long time and then you know i think you know hopefully you know name image and likeness we're in this period of chaos you know for maybe you know 18 to 24 months and then this pendulum will swing back more toward the to the middle and and we'll have a little bit more calm and and uh and transparency and in, in the way we we operate it and certainly you know all of us are are, are working and and um hoping for some uh some some relief in mm-hmm. terms of federal legislation when we think about name image and likeness so but but it's a lot and i think the other thing too katie is um and you know i don't i don't mean to come off as a as a sunday pastor but um you know, certainly we need our strategic plans and all of those things and be really, really smart and, and, and forward thinking, et cetera. But, you know, at the end of the day, too, we've got to get on our knees and, mm-hmm. and pray. And, and uh, you know, I, I really believe that uh, that our dear Lord wants Baylor athletics to be nationally relevant and um, and ask for for him, you know, ask him for for guidance, for support. You know, how do we navigate all of this? And um you know, um, I think, you know, um, that's that's how we've we've navigated, you know, Baylor athletics up to this point in time. And, and I think, you know, just given what's in front of us, we've got to double down and uh, continue to do that. And again, you know, um, we're going to have our strategic plans and we're going to have, you know, quality people and, and all of those things. And, you know, we've just spent a lot of time talking about physical plant and 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 facilities. But at the end of the day, Baylor athletics is about who we are and not what we have. Yeah. And uh, we really, you know, again, have to double down on on that piece of it as well. We're uh, wrapping up the school year with this podcast. Uh, what in your mind are some of the high points and successes that we've had in Baylor athletics this year? Yeah, there's been so many. And so, I, you know, I, I hesitate because, you know, you're, you're always going right. to leave somebody out. But, you know, acrobatics and tumbling, wow, yeah. you know, eight straight. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the future of that sport, and it's going to become a championship sport. And uh, it's going to become an NCAA championship sport because of Felicia Mulkey. Yeah. And, yeah. and really, and, and her drive and everything <laughs> she's done on the national national stage, national level, you know, um, volleyball, sweet 16, right, yeah. um, lives on even after Katie. Uh, oh, way better there you after go. Katie. I'm, not, I'm not, not way better, but, the um, foundation but that, right was a, that was a, a huge loss. And um, when, uh, when she finally uh, graduated, and uh, I'm just glad we kept you close. So. Exactly. Me too, me too. Um, but you know, football. Um, you know, maybe not the year, but still found a way to get to get to postseason. 
Um, I love softball returning to, to postseason and so happy for Glenn and, you know, both men's golf are men, both golf programs, men's and women's golf get to the finals, not just the, the, uh, the, the regionals. Um, so equestrian back, you know, at, at nationals and the, the, the tennis programs, men's and women's basketball, you know, just, just all of it, you know, uh, men's or women's cross country finishes at the NCAA regionals. And so uh, we've just had some, some great, great success. And, you know, I also think about, you know, our, our first year head coaches and, uh, you know, Michelle and Mitch, and uh, I really believe that they did a, a great job in terms of year one building foundation, building culture. And so uh, I think it's a, a launch pad for, for future success for them. We had some coaches with great milestones. Glenn, mm-hmm. you know, wins his 1000th and um, you know, what a, what a tribute to him and uh, Ryan McGuire 500. Like I think I made, made the uh, statement that he must have started coaching when he was about 12, to, <laughs> to, about you know, um, <laughs> And uh, Joey Scrivano, 500. And so um, just some some great things, you know, certainly, you know, in competition. But, you know, in the classroom, we had, you know, 59% of our student athletes were academic champions. So they either had a 3.5% or or 3.5 GPA or greater or, you know, had their best personal best GPA or they they graduated, you know, a CUM GPA of 3.3. And so – um, and by the way, we, we take that for granted. There's not many athletic yeah. programs yeah, with sure. with GPAs. And, you know, I think I read, you know, we've had, you know, 18 out of the last 20 semesters above a, a three, 3.2 GPA. Um, that is amazing. You know, um, somebody gave me the stat that since 2011, you know, football, men's and women's basketball, most wins in the entire country. Um, and so – um, you know, our character formation areas, you know, the, the leadership Institute and, um, the, the 183 character formation programs and, yeah. you know, in, uh, in our spiritual growth, you know, the, the mission trips to, to Costa Rica and, to Louisiana and, um, just all kinds of stuff. It's been a, it's been a great, great year. And, and, um, and yet, you know, um, we can we can do more. We can be better, and and um, you know we'll continue to 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 be you know the best that we can be, and you know we'll continue to uh, to say and believe that you know our best days are still ahead of us. And I I truly I wake up every morning, uh, one feeling extremely blessed to just be a small part of Baylor athletics, and then number two to know that that our best days are still ahead. Yeah, certainly a lot to celebrate from this past year. Coming off Big 12 meetings this past week, right? West Virginia, the Green – what was it called? Greenbrier. The Greenbrier. Yeah. Tell us about your time there. What what were kind of your takeaways from those meetings? So, first of all, first time ever to, to the Greenbrier and heard so much about right. it. Right. Yeah. And uh, it, is, it is beautiful. Beautiful setting, beautiful grounds. Um, you know, uh, you walk in and it's like um, – going back in time to, to 1940 right, right. Oh, wow. i've never seen so so much flower wallpaper in my life but uh I love it. but it was a it was a great setting great place and um appreciate you know west virginia gordon gee and and uh, ren baker and they certainly helped to facilitate and, and host and so grateful for uh for the both of them but uh meetings were good it's it's always great to to have fellowship with uh 
the other institutions to, to be there, you know, not just with other athletic directors, but our senior women administrators, our faculty athletic representatives, and then certainly the, the presidents and chancellors. But uh, thought we did a lot of, a lot of good work. And, um, you know, obviously everybody coming out of there wanting to know about, you know, conference membership and expansion. And, you know, I think we had some really good conversation and, uh, kept all of our options open and and i think you know right now at this point in time optionality is good for us Mm -hmm. um you think about how the narrative has changed for the big 12 in the last 18 to 24 months you know immediately following texas and oklahoma's announcement to leave you know it was you know like you were in a in a boxing match and you know we're a standing aid count and um, you know, what do we do? And, um, you know, I, I give, you know, former Commissioner Bob Bowlesby great, great credit for acting swiftly and adding the four institutions. And, you know, that really stabilized us. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're one of the more stable mm-hmm. conferences. Brett Yormark's done a terrific job. The new TV agreement with ESPN and Fox. And so the the meetings were really, really positive. And uh, it's about, you know, it was uh, really about, you know, how we navigate, you know, uh, our future and continue to be relevant and strengthen the conference. And, you know, not just thinking about this next new TV contract, which is July 1, 2025 through June 30th, 2031, but really thinking about that next contract, mm-hmm. that July 1 2031 contract begins and how do we set ourselves up for that so there was a lot of conversation there and then you know just uh, a, a lot of um you know um stuff about or, or things about you know um international you know strategy and in in mexico and and uh, mm-hmm. thinking about you know the, the Dallas Metroplex when we think about some of our championship sports and mm. our championships, I should say, and, and solidifying, you know, our stay there, thinking about, you know, Kansas City for the men's and women's basketball tournaments and, you know, how do we think about that in terms of long term and, and doubling down with the with the uh, city of Kansas. So it uh, again, a lot of a lot of really, really uh, good things that uh, that we talked about. Well, it is uh, summertime. We've talked about the highlights from this school year, but, uh, man, you blink and you go to New Mexico and then the new school year is here. It's not far away. Uh, it's it's. I, I kind of hold it at arm's length to get a little time away, but mm-hmm. it's exciting to think about what's ahead, like football with eight home games for the first time ever on the schedule this year. Yeah. That, uh, we, that? <laughs> so many. we, uh, we, uh, we bit off a lot, but uh, no, I, I think that um, you know eight games. I think that that gives us obviously an opportunity to have uh, you know a, a terrific home season, home schedule. You think about Utah, you know, uh, within the first couple of weeks. University of Texas, you know, within the first four weeks, um, you know, uh, hosting some new members, having you know, the University of Houston yeah. in, in McLean as a, as a conference opponent um, will be some, uh, you know, not necessarily obviously home games, but you think about some new travel opportunities for our fans when we think about going to UCF and, and Cincinnati. Um, you know, I'll, uh, with the conference expansion, you know, I'll miss playing the, the Oklahoma schools a little bit. You know, yeah. we won't get – KU and, and certainly BYU, but uh, excited about the, the eight home games and um, 
really excited about what uh, Coach Aranda is doing with the football program and how true and authentic he is to, uh, you know, person over player and and really developing our young men and, and, and really, you know, um, helping them to understand that, that better people make better players mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, attacking it from that end versus the, the opposite end and um, uh, just grateful to him and, and, and how he's doing that and really all of our head coaches because, you know, that's how they, they lead their programs. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks very much, and you're the uh, perfect person to have on as we wrap up this school year. Mm-hmm. And let me say this. I'm not just saying it because you're sitting here. I would say it whether you're here or not. But we really, uh, and Baylor fans, should all appreciate your leadership mm-hmm. and your heart and and the way you just pour everything you have into uh, our student athletes and uh, the culture that we have here. Man, this is a fun place to work, and there's so many mm-hmm. good things going on. Uh, and when you have to go find a coach, you find the best coach out there that fits Baylor so yeah. well. So well, I just want to say thanks to you for the way you're leading our department. Well, I appreciate you saying that. As, as you, you both know, it's it's a team effort, and uh, it really is. And uh, and I believe that and blessed to, to work alongside uh, great people, wonderful people. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, uh, this comes down to we're all teachers, we're educators, mm-hmm. And uh, we're here, you know, with the purpose of pouring into our young people uh, as best we can and, and really challenging them to, to, to be better, become better, uh, preparing them for life after Baylor. And uh, I think you, you both would agree that this isn't a job, it's a calling, and uh, we're blessed to do it. Absolutely. Have you been looking for a new podcast to listen to? Are you interested in true crime, funny one-star reviews, or inspiring stories? What about the history of Waco or the famous people who've lived and worked here? All these and more are produced by Rogue Media Network. There are over 80 different shows, including this one, with more coming all the time. If there's a story to tell, Rogue Media Network is telling it. Watch on YouTube or listen now wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Katie, that's going to put a wrap on it. And uh, isn't it great to visit with Max so much? I mean, we could have... We could have filled a whole podcast on each one of those subjects, but we, really we appreciate his time. And, again, preparing champions for life is what we do. And uh, under Max leadership, it's being done. I mean, yeah. it is really, really uh, fun to see what's being done here in Baylor Athletics. Yeah, I loved what he shared about how it really is a calling. And you see that with all the guests that we've had on the podcast this year and just kind of getting to see the why behind why they show up every day, why they coach their teams. Um, and so loving it, Baylor. Love doing this with you. And so thankful Mac joined us for our last episode of the season. Very good. All right, that'll wrap it up. We'll be back in the fall, but uh, and there's always the uh, past editions that you could go back oh, and yeah. listen Don't to. deprive yourself no, all summer. They're all there all <laughs> summer. So for Katie and for Mac, I'm John Morris. We appreciate you being with us for the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics.